for episode 152 of Friends of Film. We're here to bring the latest movie news and review the biggest new release, which this week is Green Book. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood. This week, I'm joined by Josh Straley. Hello, everybody. Hello, Cooper. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's been a while. It, it's been, it's, yes, this is... For us. Because we were we taped early, so we missed a ton of the Thanksgiving day and end of week news. Mm-hmm. So now we're here to recap it. Yeah. Um, but I have a question for you. Okay. Do you like Gritty? Do I like Gritty? Yes. The Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, the McDonald's looking mascot. Yes. Uh, What's your opinion of him? He's fine. I don't care. You're not you're not down with Gritty? I guess. Uh, I mean, sure. I'm I'm down with Gritty, I guess. <laughs> okay. I don't That sounds like I'm offering you like a drug or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like sure I'll take some gritty. I don't know. Uh no. I mean, yeah. He's a mascot. In Philly, I don't care. All right. Well, anyway, he did the the, the the Time magazine, which they should have better things to do, did an interview with him, and it's just the best thing ever of him. Wow. Just, yeah, it was an email interview, so it's a little just, you know, okay. jokey, but they ask him about why he put a kid in the penalty box for throwing something at him. He's pretty, it's just it sounds Sounds like the kid funny. deserved it. Yeah, exactly. That's what the writer said, too. Well, there you go. <laughs> um. But this had a week of like enjoying gritty on Twitter, um, so that that was me. Okay. But hey, um, if you're interested on what friends in film are looking at in the movie world on Twitter, you can follow us on there at friends in film. Um, but to get all the latest reviews and shows that we have, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, Overcast, anywhere you can find a podcast. But if you can on Apple Podcasts. Please review us and rate us. That'll ultimately help rank us. And then we can find more friends of the show. And, um, you know, that's great. It is. What is Overcast? It's just another podcast app. Oh. There's, like, so many podcasts. There really up. are. Anytime I see one, I just write it down so I can say <laughs> it in this, like, spiel in the beginning of here. And then... Before you know, it's going to be, like, the first 20 minutes. Exactly. All the different <laughs> podcast websites you can get us mm-hmm. on. But Overcast did some, like, really fancy, fancy update. Oh. And so people are excited about oh. it. So okay. congrats, Overcast users. Well, there you go. Um, we are going to review Green Book this week. Mm-hmm. But before we do so, um, it's, since it has been a longer period of time we've yes. been off, I'm sure we have each seen at least one thing uh-huh. that we can talk about. Josh, what is yours? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is this is kind of like a blurry line because I technically watched it when, right on the day of we last taped. Okay. But I forgot to talk about it because <laughs> I like, dummy. me. But... Black Klansman. I saw it again. Or you not seen it? I had not seen oh, it. Oh my gosh. Remember you guys, you and um, right. Colton shamed me on our <laughs> best so far mm-hmm. um, episode. And I was like, I can't believe I haven't seen this, but I got to it. And it and? is super good. Um, it's just listening to Washington laugh. You just see Denzel and him mm-hmm. so much. And it's just like, Whoa. This is kind of crazy. But also, there's my man, Adam Driver. Um, and I I won't talk about him because he's not the star. But you that, can talk about him. It is, the movie is both hilarious, um, exhilarating, and funny. And, but it doesn't feel like a Spike Lee movie up until like the very, very end. Really? Huh. Yeah. Like, I, like if, I, if you'd said this is a Spike Lee movie, I would have been like, I, I don't know about this. I feel like the opening is like really Spike Lee. Okay, maybe except for the opening. Okay. But once we get to the end and then the closing, that's death. That's all Spike Lee. Because we didn't have any of those dolly shots. And then we finally get to one in the, with the um, KKK outside of 
his yeah. place, and then we get one of those, which is like the coolest effect ever. <laughs> I love it. Um, but then it transitions into that, like you guys had told me that gut punching ending. But um, hands down, though, I forgot the actor's name, but David Duke, who's being oh, played Grace. by Topher Grace. Thank you. Uh, best casting of the movie, <laughs> hands down. That's no. That's not like a. a... You're not throwing shade at Topher Grace. No, I'm not throwing shade at Topher Grace. He just played the part so well. Because David Duke is is both like, oh, I'm a respectful, like, Aryan Christian American type Mm -hmm. guy or whatever his thing is, his his stick. But then at the same time, he's also like a total jerk and kind of a coward at the same time. And, And, you know, that just plays it so well and he bounces between them. And I don't know. The whole thing is so great. Do you have a favorite scene? Oh, oh, definitely when um, I forgot the police officer's name, but uh, he, the detective like all of a sudden grabs Duke at the KKK meeting yeah, and yeah, takes yeah. that photo, yeah. and everyone's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> what's going on here?" Yeah, then he freaks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah then, that's definitely. It and then me. like the stare down between them, like he, the Ron. Oh, Ron Stallworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. As uh, he's like, they're like having that interaction with each other, um, kind of coming together mm-hmm. is perfect. Yeah, great but, movie. Great movie. How about you? What have you seen? I have seen uh, a movie I'm talking about twice now. Actually, it's a new release. I've already seen it twice. Mm. Um, once because I was just bored the day after Thanksgiving. And I was like, I'm going to go see a movie. And this was like the only one that was really showing at that time that I was bored. So I went and saw Instant Family. And then I saw it again last night with my some of my siblings. Yeah. It is delightful. It is so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne have, are just so good together. They have great back and forth. But then also... The interactions with their kids, um, the, the, it is just a super charming movie that you, I think you can take the whole family to. I mean, I think it's rated PG-13. Yeah. Um, there are definitely some jokes that you know veer more on the side of mm-hmm. uh, maybe more adult, but I don't think there's there's nothing too like grotesque or anything. We were like, oh, mm-hmm. like I don't know if my you know eight year old should be watching this. Like I think most kids to be able to handle this and like get a really good time about it. But there's also a really great emotional core to the movie. Um, the ending is just superb. And I, I'm just really surprised. Like this movie was as good as I kind of wanted it to be. Cause like, yeah, they moved it up to Thanksgiving. Cause it's supposed to come out, I think in February of 2019. Yes. Cause we watched the first trailer mm-hmm. and we're like, I, I was like, eh, I don't know. We'll see. And you're like, no, this looks great. Yeah. And then they move it up. I'm like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. And a good review started coming out about it. <laughs> yeah, and media, I think it really lives up to it. I think it also uh, solidifies 2018 as being a really great year for comedies. Blockers, Game Night, Tag, this. Um, it has been like just a refreshing change, kind of, because I feel like the last couple of years we haven't had that many great comedies. Um, and seeing this, Black Klansman is, has its own very different sense of humor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie we're going to talk about is also pretty funny. But uh, super funny. It's just it's just been nice to like be able to go to the theater on a consistent basis and get the laughs. Yeah, and not like cheap ones either. No, like I don't feel like I've watched something where I've been like, oh, this is you know just a rehack of um, I don't, I don't know what a hacky funny movie <laughs> would is or would be, but it all it felt like we had great original yeah. comedies through the entire year no sequels or anything like that either no right not not of the ones we just mentioned i don't think any comedy sequels all year which is very cool yeah i mean there may be one small one that we don't know oh, about yes but. of course i, I forget the laughs a lot trilogy <laughs> but you know um 
Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. But let's get into Green Book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote a review up for our site, friendsandfilm.wordpress.com, um, which published about five minutes before we started recording. And it is just a, I think this is a movie that if you are somebody who wants to be in on the Oscar talk, you have to see this movie. And if you're not into that kind of thing, I think this is still a movie that, like kind of why I said Instant Family, that mm-hmm. most people can go to this movie and enjoy the heck out of it because it's it's really funny, which was kind of a surprise. But then you look and you're like, oh, Peter Fairley. Wait, well, who's it? Oh, Dumb and Dumber director. Oh, okay. That right. makes sense. Um, even though he, like, he started off really well, Dumb and Dumber, um, Kingpin, there's something about Mary. But then like mm-hmm. from the turn of 2000s on, he hasn't really done much in terms of quality. But this is um, a little bit breaking away. Yes, there, there, are, there are comedic moments to Green Book. But there's also a lot of drama and um, emotion to this, where I think, which I think that like Dumb and Dumber has those as well, but is much more of a comedic movie. This one I think does a really good job of balancing the dramatic with the comedic, mm-hmm. and a lot of that credit outside of Fairley's direction, which I think is really solid, but nothing super flashy, um, comes down to the performances from Mahershala Ali, Viggo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. Um, if Ali does not get nominated at least for a Best Supporting Actor nomin- uh, Oscar. I'll be shocked. Um, I honestly think he should probably win based on everything I've seen. That's interesting. You think he was the supporting actor in this? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think that's how the movie portrays him, and I believe that is how um, the studio behind it, that's how they're like set, they're, they're setting it up for Oscar voters. Like, mm-hmm. here's all here's all the categories I want you to vote in, and they're pushing Viggo Mortensen as best lead. And Ali as you know, best supporting. Which I don't know if that's because there may be more competition in the best lead, and that they that Ali may not have as good a shot to win. Whereas I think supporting, it's really between like him and like Timothy Chalamet. Like those are the first two that come to my mind um, so far. But um, on the, like Ali, I think this is a better performance than he gave in Moonlight, which he won the best supporting actor Oscar for. So um, I think this is really his like breakout role in a sense, kind of where I think this is just the beginning hopefully for even bigger and better <laughs> yeah 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 because like, he felt like he was a character in this one like not that he wasn't a character in moonlight mm-hmm. we felt like he was like really something different than right. what we're used to i mean to. he probably has what like five to seven minutes of screen time in moonlight yeah like it's not a lot and he but he he makes the most of that this one he gets mm-hmm. i don't know over an hour of screen time probably because a lot of this movie is just him and Mortensen together. And I think that chemistry is where the movie really shines. Um, the movie starts off, and this is kind of why I would argue that Mortensen is the lead, even if people were saying he was support. He is the first one we see as Tony Lip. We follow his journey for the first like 15, 20 minutes probably. Mm-hmm. And that it's only through getting the job with Ali's Dr. Shirley that kind of his journey kind of moves forward. So um, I think those 20 minutes are the early parts are good but not great. And then it's once Ollie's introduced and their chemistry together really blossoms that I think the movie just really hits the tie notes. Um, I think Mortensen's really solid. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets an Oscar nomination. I don't think he would necessarily win, um, but I think he gives a really great performance and it's crazy to distinguish him in this role from like Lord of the Rings or any of the other stuff because it's a completely different turn for him. Even just Captain Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Well, Captain Fantastic is like literally the most opposite of opposites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but then I think the only kind of hiccup this movie has is maybe kind of, you, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but, um, cause you didn't know that fairly was directing it and you're like, Oh, I was expecting like a 12 years of slave, hard hitting drama kind yeah. of. Um, and I think that may the tonal aspects of the movie 
paired with the focus on lip instead of Shirley, I think maybe loses some of the um, emotional mm-hmm. beats that this that this movie really could have driven home. I think if because a lot of this movie takes place from Lip's perspective um, yeah. and him going and finding Ali down down in the south, finding him in these difficult situations and having to get him out of it. And I kind of wish we maybe got to, and like so it kind of treats him as like a the savior in a lot of the scenes it's like oh he came and saved him from the scenario um yeah. and i wish that we and like and that's you know that even if that's how the story plays out like i'm not criticizing that aspect of it it's mm-hmm. more just like maybe show me ali's perspective on the events before tony shows up cuz a lot like there's a bar fight there's um a time when he's arrested there's like all these different scenes where we don't get to see ali um we don't get to see shirley's perspective on them and i wish we could have gotten that to get better insight into his character and his experiences instead of seeing lip step in not knowing what's happening and then having to catch us the audience up on what happened through his eyes yeah there's a lot left to the imagination in some of those things and they're like oh they're kind of dancing around this because going um all in on racism and whatever else is going on here is gonna need a kind of a harder way right and like i think that then that and that's totally fine. Like, you know, I don't think every right. movie about race has to be, um, you know, this R-rated, really gut punch of, like, this is how terrible everything is. And, like, this movie takes a different approach. I think that's totally fine. Um, but I still think mm-hmm. taking – you could, I think you could still even keep the PG-13 rating but just change the focus a little bit to show more of Shirley's experience and give something that is more impactful by the end of the day. So yeah. um, I still really enjoyed the movie. Um, mm-hmm. the performances are great. I think it's just a really great time. You're going to walk out of it feeling, I think, really positive about the world and yeah. like, oh, like racism's not a problem anymore. <laughs> like it's it's all good. Um, and <laughs> I don't think that's obviously the case, mm-hmm. but it is a movie that's going to leave you happy. And um, I'm going to give it four ticket stubs out of five. Yeah. I uh, Okay. Um, I'm going to echo a lot of what you just said, but I think okay. I'm going to take a different approach to your big complaint before I start to praise it. Okay. Um, I, I kind of thought there were, there are two leads here. Um, I don't know why, but uh, although I will totally agree, it's more um, Tony's journey from being like super pre. No, I don't even know if he's, yeah, even he's super prejudiced in the beginning. Yeah. Um, that's not right. Racist. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll let that settle itself. Um, but it's the idea. I think like the the, the the threads really aren't really like racism is as much as it is like this one guy's guard coming down as he just learns or you know starts talking to someone and gets closer to someone and like puts down that barrier of um you know like the prejudices and preconceived mm-hmm. notions and all things sort of things like that um, because you sort of it's like the it's like the I think I've seen someone say like it's the reverse Miss Driving Miss Daisy, mm-hmm. which a movie I've never seen, but I guess Me neither, he's, uh, I, I guess um, the very great actor is very good in it. Um, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I should have written that. I down. think I think uh, to, to your um, defense, I mean the the very good actor I think is just the qualifier for Morgan Freeman in general. Mm, yes, it should be like his hands down. If you say that, that's him. Yeah, but um. I just think it like the folk. I think having the focus not have to be not being on all of that and just being on Tony sticking up for his friend and whatever situation it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, after we know those first twenty minutes when we meet him, we get a, we get a pretty good clear picture of like okay, this guy is as prejudiced and racist or whatever the case mm-hmm. is as any other average person 
of that time. Right. Um, and so to see him kind of drop that guard throughout the movie and then ultimately in the end, um, as they learn more about each other, their music and the things they like and um, everything like that. Uh, it's I think that's kind of where it comes through at. Okay. So, and that's why I, I'm not going to hold it against that for that. I will hold it against it for being a little too long, mm-hmm. for being as unsubstantive and being more of like a buddy road trip set in the uh, the set in the south. Right. Um, so it could have been like 20, 30 minutes shorter along those lines. But mm-hmm. Vigo Mortenison is the so funny. And I've never seen him in a role like this before. I haven't watched a lot of Vigo movies. But anyway. <laughs> he does a lot of weird ones. He yeah. Or smaller ones. Not, not not weird, I guess I should say. Right. Independent film. Yes. <laughs> Interesting in experimental scripts, <laughs> as they say, or, or whatever the case is. But um, yeah, I've just never seen this side of him before. 30 pounds heavier, I guess, for the mm-hmm. role. Folding pizzas. Um, that which My is gosh. the greatest part of the movie. Um, I want to try that. Da- I do. I want to try it right now. I was like, I need a pizza as yeah. he was doing this. I wanted to. The leave movie it. will make you very hungry. He's always eating oh the whole goodness. thing, and it's so endearing. And surely, um, as like Mahershala Ali, who's who's really in character, and the most like the exact opposite in a lot of the ways we see him, um, unless except for Luke Cage. Yeah. But um, and it was just like watching, kind of like how is sort of like the opposite of your expectations for how things were in the 60s where mm-hmm. you have some kind of down down and out like white dude and then there's this very eccentric skilled talented um African American piano player mm-hmm. jazz piano player or whatever it is it's classical classical yeah with some kind of twist yeah or whatever the case is which by the way is probably some of the favorite parts of the movie is when Mahershala Ali is up there on stage. Just playing? Just playing. Because it's crazy. It's, it's, it's wild. It's like, is that actually him, do you think? It's it's actually him doing the piano stuff, but um, it's not, or he, the finger movements and everything yeah. like that, but the sound of everything is obviously like overlaid. So if he screwed up or messed up, right. the case is, they've got the, the real yeah, tracks okay. going. But yeah, and like, you know, as all of these like elements layer on top of each other and wind us down to Christmas Day, which is just like uh, like the most touching part because it's Christmas time mm-hmm. of the year. And that was like the warm feeling that I got. Like you said, um, all of this stuff chips away like the prejudices of, that Tony has and you're left with nothing, like a really delightful, funny and uplifting movie. Uh, I didn't walk out believing racism had ended, but, <laughs> but believing that just go talk to somebody, you oh. know, don't argue over the internet. It's like that kind of like attitude or whatever the case is. And so that's why I'm going to give it four out of five ticket stubs as well. Okay. Um, I don't see it as a huge Oscar contender. Really? I don't. I mean, per- but I would l- love to see it get there. Like I would be happy if it did, but I will not be shocked if it's left off Best Picture. Really? Okay. Because at least from what I've seen, it's like it's the opposite for me, I guess. Where like everybody's like, this is like front mm-hmm. runner for Best Picture. It's like this or Roma or something. Like yeah, those are, seem to be like the top two choices for Best Picture. And I don't think like if it got into Best Picture like on my ballot, like even though I don't have one, mm-hmm. it would be like the nine or ten, like maybe eighth, like. But, like, it's not going to be my number one or two or three or anything. So it's one of those weird things where, like, you've, you know, we've heard this buzz for weeks, if not months. Um, and then you see the movie. And you're like, yeah, that was, that was really, really good. Not my favorite movie of the year. And not that I was disappointed in it, but it's just like, you know, 
I don't think this is going to be the one that I'm backing for like best picture or anything. Okay, yeah. So you said buzz for weeks and months. Literally, I figured out this movie existed <laughs> a week ago. It was, it was. I think it was a Slate article that said um, the Oscars has its driving Miss Daisy. And I was like, what? And I'm like, hey, that's Viggo Mortensen and Mahershal Ali. Why have we? We haven't spoken a single word no. about this movie on the podcast. So I was like. Oh man, we're we're so I'm so in the dark here, and then start digging into it. Obviously, like, so it was great to have this movie like come out of nowhere, conk me on the head, and <laughs> leave me feeling great. Yeah. Um. So. No, I mean, I think when I started hearing about it was the reaction to the TIFF. A lot of, at least the people on film Twitter and everything were like really mm-hmm. buzzing about this movie. Like, it's it's that weird thing where nobody was really planning to see this movie. But they're like, Oh, I have oh. an open slot. Yeah. Oh, I'll go see this movie. I like Marshall Ali, whatever. I want to see what Peter Farley did next. And then they walk out and they're like, Oh my, Oh my gosh, that was, that was so surprising. Like that may be my favorite film at a TIFF, maybe my favorite film of the year. Um, and yeah, I don't feel that strongly about it, but like, I feel like there's been at least some buzz in the film Twitter sphere for the last two months about it. Hmm. Okay. Awesome. Well, so, I don't know. Spoilers? Is there There's not anything really we really any need to spoilers. get into? I mean, Tony didn't want to work for the mob, so that's why he took the driving job. Right, but so that's that one thing. <laughs> right from the start, I was like, wait, why did like why did he not want to like work at the be a bouncer anymore? <laughs> like, right, he gets himself fired from his job. Um, like he they're not renovating, fired. right? But he basically is like, oh, I'm going to be out of a job for two months. Yeah, right before the holidays. Mm-hmm. Like rent's coming up. Like he this seems is, like he's pressed for money, right. and he just like goes and like it's like just for kind of the fun of it. Maybe he's just like I'm just gonna take this guy's hat and then make our our like place get shut down. I'll go get back to him, getting his good graces. Mm-hmm. But then he doesn't like take them up on a job or anything. He's just like oh I'm gonna eat, go eat 26 hot dogs a right. day <laughs> for 50 extra dollars and just like wait what was the motivation behind mm-hmm. any of this? Which is like. I don't really care because that's not really the point of the movie, but it's just like, what, yeah. what was this guy thinking? <laughs> that could have, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He does. He definitely bounces around a little bit, but it, I mean, it sounded like he just like, didn't want, like he didn't want to be on their bad side, but also he doesn't want to be in with them because then that's when you got to start knocking heads together and things True. like that. Horse cut off horse heads and the beds or <laughs> however the mob operates. That is how the movies go. That's the Godfather two. I think so, yeah. It's, um, a, it's one of the Godfathers. I right. believe it's Godfather 2. As I've heard, I haven't seen the films. You haven't seen any of them? I haven't seen any Godfather movies. I've seen the f- I've seen the first two a long time ago. Which are the only ones you need to see, right? Apparently. Okay. But it's like, it's one of those, all three of them are on Netflix right now, I believe. And it's one of those things with like every Saturday, which we record on Saturdays, so it would make, make it pretty tough. But I'm like, I just need to like sit down and watch all three of these back mm-hmm. to back to back. But it's just like, man, that's like, eight hours of movies or maybe even more than that. I'm like, I don't know if I have that much time. I the can... stamina for like a super heavy gangster drama. Yeah. And they're black and white, aren't they? No, I don't think so. No, they're, they're color. Oh, okay. The box always has a black and white. <laughs> I think that's so. just more of the poster, the prestige Aesthetic. of it all. It's like, gotcha. Oh, look, we're, we're classic film right here. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's really anything to talk about there, there there isn't it's it's all up front um i mean i mean we all knew he was going to return to tony's apartment at the end obviously yes if it didn't i would have been like what was the point what was the point of this movie if Shirley didn't show up i would have been really upset exactly so yeah i mean yeah i, I mean it's just it it doesn't pull any punches 
but it also isn't looking to throw any punches. Yeah. It's really just... It just stays in its corner. And it's friendship, like... and it's warm, and it's also... It delivers a complex look at, like... Even, like, even if you were wealthy and famous, you did all the things that they wanted you mm-hmm. to be. Um, like, I, like, you know, back in the day as an African-American, you still had to deal with racism and, you know, sundown towns right. and all of this. And that's where the movie kind of gets its name is the Green Book is the book by Victor Hugo Green. I don't know the author's who name. Basically, it just helps. Or it's a book that just gives um, African-Americans all these tips on how to survive in the South because it's all that's the safe how, places to stay. Yeah, yeah. Which is, it's like an awful concept. Mm-hmm. But it, it was real. Yeah. It, it was <laughs> that, that real. Was, that was our history 50 years ago. And they, they package it in more of a happy way. But um, we still get you still get those dips of mm-hmm. drama, of course. Which but. I think is probably my favorite scene of the movie. And it was kind of where I was realizing, I oh, mean, I really wish there was a lot more of this. Like mm-hmm. as much as I'm enjoying laughing at, you know, them throwing chicken wings out the window oh, yeah. um, or, or, what, or he's whatever like they're doing. Encouraging him to like eat it with his <laughs> yeah. bare hands. Um, like I like when um, Mahershala has that moment where he gets out of the car and he just like goes off and he's mm-hmm. just like, if I'm, I'm like I'm too. Um, like sophisticated to be accepted by my my own people. I'm my skin color is not right, not the right color to be accepted by the white class. That like yeah. they only see me as an entertainer. And then he's also a homosexual. So then he's like, and I'm not accepted by anybody. No matter what I do, I'm the outcast. And it's like, man, like that was a great scene. It's probably his Oscar clip. And I wish there was just in another moment or two where we get to understand his psyche in one of those situations, like. You know, maybe show him go to that bar where he gets beat up and then have to have to go in there, ask for a drink, try to be polite because that's his thing. He doesn't want to do like any confrontations. He just wants to, you know, kill him with kindness, basically. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And Tony has to come in and, you know, act like he has a gun. And even though he's like, oh, I don't have a gun, but he definitely has a gun. Mm-hmm. And like, I just wish we would have gotten to see like it would have been a brutal scene and like heartbreaking to see that. But I think it would have gave a better um, depiction of what this was actually like at that time instead of just being like, oh, yeah, he's showing up. He's already beaten up. We don't really understand what happened before then. It's more just the fallout. Um, and that way we'd get to understand more of how Shirley's feeling when he's sitting out on the balconies at night just watching people interact and have fun and have lives where yeah. he's just like, I can't do any of that. So um, I think that's still just like that's the one hiccup for me. But other than that, really good movie. Totally. It's just weird that like we're talking about this now in almost like higher regard than Fences was. Oh yeah. Last year. I mean, Fences. I mean, fine movie, but there's, there's nothing to it. I didn't think. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I do want to end this with a question for you. Yes, a new segment. A you, new so segment. you told me that you were teasing <laughs> at the start before we uh, started recording here. Yeah. So I, it dawned on me because we had a discussion. I believe I believe it was last week. Maybe it was two weeks ago. Will Josh ever rewatch this movie? Oh, no. I will not okay. rewatch this movie. Okay. Well, I will. No, I will not on my own pick up this movie and rewatch okay. it. There we go. I, I'd probably, I mean, I don't think it's a movie I'm going to, I'm not going to buy it day one. I'm not going to, you know, yeah. seek it out immediately, go back to the theater, but like I'd probably, I'd, I'd rewatch it again. Like, okay. Black Friday comes around next year. This Blu-ray is like $6. I'm like, hey, I really like that movie. I'll buy it and I'll pop it in. But other than that, yeah, probably not. This is what you call the Blade Runner test, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough.
So that is all we have for Green Book. We'll be right back in a bit with the news. topics this week starting off with a very exciting spider-verse update because thr reported that the sequel to spider-man into the spider-verse is already underway with justice league unlimited avatar the last airbender and legend of korra director joaquin dos santos being hired to direct the sequel wonder woman 1984's writer david callum is set to write the script but that's not all there are there's more activity in the spider-verse as it grows into a true you know, cinematic universe in a sense where Voltron's Lauren Montgomery is in talks to home an all female spinoff that will star Haley Steinfeld's Gwen Stacy, Spider Gwen, who's introduced in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse in a couple of weeks. That script is being written by Beck Smith um, and for both projects and any potential future movies as well. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who are executive producers on Into the Spider-Verse, who helped write the script, who are very involved from a creative standpoint, they are expected to sign bigger, longer deals to return to the franchise, this universe, and be creatively involved on the sequel and the spinoff. So all of this movement's happening right as the first reactions to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse hit the web, and they are glowing. Josh, what are your thoughts on all this? Ecstatic. Stoked. Best news yet? I think ever no or the ever. Week. best news ever was that Blade Runner had like a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes you see it's getting a anime series yes they have anime series um if you dig through all the cl- off track Spider-Verse <laughs> is going to be so great um because number one Phil Lord and Chris Miller content in the universe is the best thing ever I'm so happy to see it's getting all this hype with the mm-hmm. reviews and now it's going to be able to, Miles Morales is going to be able to live on um, for probably eternity now or until we all die and there's 55 <laughs> sequels and spinoffs. So this is, this is, this is fantastic because all the highlights that I've read say that he's very much a complete and awesome character. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't, I literally can't wait. No, I'm, and you know what this means? What does if this they're mean? doing a sequel, if they're doing an all female spinoff, there is a chance that you, Josh Straley, could get a Spider-Ham movie starring your boy, John Mulaney. I never <laughs> even thought of that. Oh, and he'll be able to return, and he'll have like a a consistent It'll be all his. way to be avoided. They have to go Spider-Ham. I mean, Spider-Ham is a rich, universal Spider-Man concept that needs to be explored in at least its own six movie series, oh I believe. Yes, and Full then that way, then that way, Nick Kroll can come in as well, and then they can two reunite and have a oh hello slash uh, whatever that animated show, Big Mouth. Oh yeah, uh, slash Spirit Awards hosting <laughs> crossover. It'll be perfect. I this is this is actually the best news of the week. The hypothetical news that a John Mulaney movie, Spider-Ham uh, movie, could happen. N- uh, yes, that 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 is a tangent to this. Oh. the best news ever. That possibility has helped make this the best news. This 
Spider-Verse is getting more than one new dimension. Yes. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I think this is uh, really exciting. We talked about, bef- like, several weeks ago, we did our big question on, you know, just kind of the assumption that Spider-Verse is going to be a hit, and it looks like we are we are both we are right to assume that yeah. um, because the reviews have been great. I think the box office tracking right now is only like $30 million for opening weekend, but I expect that to bump up significantly for its opening weekend and then have $100 million. 100, I'm going to go ahead and just say it right now, $100 million. Wow. $100 million for okay. the Spider-Verse. Hey. I would love that. Um, the world will love it. They, they're not they going to see Aquaman. They're well, not going to see Mary Poppins. They're going to see Spider-Verse. Well, they, don't, they, they can't see any of those movies yet. Spider-Verse comes out the week before. So exactly. it's it's only it, it's the only thing. Exactly. I I sure hope so. That would be excellent. Okay, um, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no that, that's totally fine. Um, but I, th- I just think this is really exciting news because it gives Sony, a, a, you know, outside of their Venom universe <laughs> that we don't want to talk about. Um, we did talk about it we last did, We did talk about I'm not really excited about the potential of it. But this one, having not seen the actual movie that's mm-hmm. going to kickstart the universe, I just have full confidence in, the, in that this is a direction that Sony can actually go and deliver and give us something that is really exciting, that's something new. They yes. can do a superhero cinematic universe that they are dying for. They are so desperate for at Sony. But they can do it in a way that is unlike anything else and they're they're starting off doing something that nobody else did they're starting mm-hmm. off with the team up movie and then they're gonna spin it off and get their spider gwen which could have um you know spider woman or silk or um penny parker penny parker or madam web like all of these different spider related female characters can all show up in this one movie and then who knows they could all spit off and get their own different movies as well and i just think the possibilities that lie here are just so exciting that the unlimited potential that, that that this universe can have i'm still dying for you know we could get like a true you know spider-man movie where like miles peter parker um the, the jake johnson version and then we get like tom holland and andrew garfield mm-hmm. and um who's the total wires yeah. all of them come together i just want that to happen so badly i think that'd be so fun um and i think that that's probably in the future. If, if this if this first movie is as big of a hit as it looks like it's going to be, mm-hmm. um, at least from a critical perspective, then and they're already lining up a sequel and a spinoff that will both probably come in the next like two to three years, I would imagine. Yeah, um, for sure. Then like, man, like I like, I just can't wait. Mm-hmm. And like, how often do we have these big budget animated franchises that aren't like we don't exactly? I mean, we have kid. We this is this is a teenager animated movie mm-hmm. i mean i wouldn't say it's an adult so much but it's the closest thing to like an adult animation that we've had here and if it opens doors for so much more mm-hmm. uh, i am going to be so stoked i will say the one thing about this announcement that surprised me mm-hmm. is that the current trio of directors for spider-verse are not involved in anything like it looks like this first movie is a huge hit and i you would think that like rodney rothman or um what's the other guy's name Bob Perchetti or Peter Ramsey, like one of them would like be chosen to solo direct the sequel or do something else. And maybe that is in the cards and they just haven't revealed that yet. Mm-hmm. But like, I would just really like to see like these guys, if they have delivered as well as it looks like they're going to like, keep them around, keep them like in this universe from a writer's perspective or mm-hmm. as the directors and just like keep using these guys. Cause it seems like they understand what they're, 
what you want to do there, Sony. So like definitely, but I mean, also there's other jobs to leverage true. with your hundred million dollar opening <laughs> weekend Spider-Man. That, that movie. is true. That is true. Um, but I I think we're gonna I think we're gonna be all like blown away. I probably won't be a hundred. I mean, but if it it'll do something really close to that, and we'll all be like, how did we miss this movie? The crazy thing is, if it does like if it does a hundred, which I I think is pretty high for this movie. Um, but also I wouldn't necessarily say it's out of their own possibility because. Wreck It Ralph just did uh, like seven or it did eighty over the extended weekend, but mm-hmm. I think it opened to like fifty, sixty over the three days. Yep. Um, I think that's probably where I would slot Spider Verse, like the sixty to seventy million dollars. But then that second week, it's Aquaman, Bumblebee, Mary Poppins all come out, and it's at the holidays. And Ralph will have been out for over a month. Like the repeat business probably won't be there for that, which will make Spider Verse the top animated movie for families to go see over the Christmas holiday, which I think can make this a movie that has super strong legs off this critical buzz that it has currently. And I think this is just it's, one that Sony's going to ride all the way through 2019. For the first time in eight years now, not eight years, yeah, eight years almost, um, there's no Marvel, there's no live-action Marvel film in these last three months. No. And I, I just feel like that's on top of, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to call it Black Panther hype, but just that idea that superheroes are starting to look like more diverse, um, uh, diver- like, you know, show diversity. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel like that's going to play some factor in it. Yeah. I, if it opens to 80 million, I would be like, yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could see. Put me down for 80 million. Okay. I'm trying to see if I can find the budget for this movie real quick, which I don't know if it'd be available yet because it's not out. It says it's $90 million on a <clears throat> Google search. Don't know if that's reliable or not, but I think that kind of that, – that fits, I feel like, with the animation style, with um, – Pioneering everything. Way yeah. yeah. So uh, I hope that this movie does great. It comes out December 14th. Um, I will be there. We'll, pro- we'll reviewing it, I'm sure, mm-hmm. um, that weekend because I don't think there's anything else that comes out. Um, and I'm going to switch the schedule we talked about beforehand, Josh, because yeah. you mentioned the diverse angle um, of Spider-Verse where Miles Morales is an Afro- African-American Latino superhero. Yeah. Warner Brothers in DC, according to The Wrap, are now developing their own Latino-led superhero movie um, with a solo Blue Beetle film that will star the Jamie Reyes version of the character. Gareth Dunnett Alcacer has been hired to write the script. Um, and he has most recently done Universal Scarface remake, as well as Sony's upcoming Gina Rodriguez-led action film, Miss Bala. So this is another one of those movies that the, whether it's the Black Panther wave or Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel potentially or Spider-Verse, these studios are like realizing that, hey, like we can, we should probably make movies that reach these different audiences. Yeah. And it looks like, and like there hasn't been a Latino superhero that stars in their own movie ever. So this is a potential huge door that this movie could open up to. Like Coco um, last year mm-hmm. made over $800 million worldwide, I believe. And lar- a large part of that came in Mexico. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, and I think that's still an untapped market that this Blue Beetle movie could come in and just take the world by storm, whether it, especially like in North America and get that diversity angle and yeah. really put up the fact that like, we can get this new exciting teenage hero who's also diverse, who's going to reach a completely different audience than any anybody any other superhero movie has targeted so far. Yeah, uh, w- like one billion percent. Um, Blue Beetle as a character, I don't get 
that much excited for. Okay. Um, at least because I don't know much about him outside of the context of Young Justice. Mm-hmm. Um, he's cool. He's really cool in Young Justice, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, like, story-wise or anything like that. So, like, there's this, like, Bla- much like Black Panther, like, someone I did not care about a lick before they brought him to the big screen or, you know, put emphasis or attention on them. Mm-hmm. Um, the potential here, like, this... The, the, the grab the zeitgeist with this character and with a director and someone who's you can put their a unique style to it and give us a superhero movie that we hadn't seen before but also um something you know like you just kind of like said that's in that teenage area or whatever the case is um that is kind of like an exciting concept mm-hmm. and it like Brings me around to be like, oh, not another DC movie. What are they doing? <laughs> Just get the ones you got going. Like, this is one of those genuine ideas, like the Birds of Prey mm-hmm. film, that I'm really like excited to see happen. Even if it's just like, what are you doing? Who cares about strategy? Just make these really great ideas mm-hmm. happen. Of course, it'll matter who they assemble and grab and whatever the case is. Uh, maybe Stephen Cable Jr., Maybe get over there. I don't uh, know. That wouldn't be bad. That I would mean, be I would, I would, I'll take him for, for anything mm-hmm. at this point. But but the idea, yeah, there's like to make more superhero movies mm-hmm. that that not break the formula because they're a formula and you're never going to really break it because that's how they work. But to warp it in just enough ways that we don't feel like we're seeing the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again and add new style and perspective. Um. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I mean, if we're throwing out director um, choices, mm-hmm. this is one. The first one pops to my mind, just because mm-hmm. I think they would. Pr- if they're going with like the whole diversity push with this, um, I think they'd probably go with the Spanish filmmaker. And then Juanme Colette Sarah is somebody that WB has already talked to. He was up for Suicide Squad two, I believe, at one point. Oh. So, um, he's doing Jungle Cruise right now for Disney. He did The Shallows before. He's done a bunch of Liam Neeson movies. So, like, you could do. Uh, this get like some young Latino kid and then have Liam Neeson come in and be like the old Ted Cord and like, who's like his mentor basically, yeah. um, which I think would be really fun. And just for those who maybe not know about Jim Reyes because he's kind of a, he's a lesser known DC character. I mean, if you've watched Young Justice, you're familiar with the character, but uh, he's basically a Latino teenager who gets this, uh, who finds this alien scarab, which like attaches itself to his body. And then it mm-hmm. gives him like this, really um high-tech extraterrestrial suit which is i think the best way to compare it for those if you're not familiar with it you've probably seen avengers infinity war it is basically um similar to iron man's nanotech armor where it just kind of forms immediately and then it can disappear with ease and just like that kind of quick switch but the fun thing about this is it's not just iron man it'd be like spider-man more Mm -hmm. where it's he gets or venom. Eh, I don't want to compare it to venom. <laughs> and they're aliens. It's just metal this time. <laughs> yeah, but this one is more. But it's the teen angle, which I think mm-hmm. gets him closer, like the Peter Parker that we oh, see in the MCU. I see what you're saying. Yes. Um, and then he also still has to have that balance of life, where mm-hmm. all right, well, like you know, I've got to go finish my homework and like take care of the family and help out here and there. But then yeah. I also have to like go be a superhero and mm-hmm. learn under Ted Cord and some iterations of the comics. And um, I just think that that story angle, like. DC trying to find their own young um, 
hero, I think is a really fun idea for them to be playing with. And it, that looks to be like the movement they want to make, which Sam's going young. Yes. Um, Birds of Prey looks to be scooting a little older, but like we also have like Supergirl in the works. We've got uh, the Flash movie supposedly happening. We've got like Batgirl, Nightwing. Like we've got all these young justice <laughs> characters typically right. that look primed to maybe get their debut in the live action um, setting on the big screen. And I think Blue Beetle, if this movie happens, which still a long ways off, we know DC's habit of, Oh, we're we're making this. We're mm-hmm. developing this idea, and then it's been four years. And we don't hear about it. We're going right. to discuss this in our big question, actually, where there's like twenty something movies DC currently has in development. We're going to each pick like three to five that we want to see actually happen. Yep. Um, so we'll get kind of more into the, into the subject. See if Blue Beetle falls into either of our lists um, in that big episode. In that big question episode, you guys can hear that on Wednesday is when it'll drop. Um, but the last topic in our main news segment is uh, potentially a sad one. And you mentioned Stephen Cable Jr. And it appears he could be the last director to ever direct Sylvester Stallone as Rocky mm-hmm. because uh, Stallone shared on his Instagram that Creed two may be it. Rocky may be hanging it up. Um, he said he ended the caption by saying, quote, though it breaks my heart, sadly, all things must pass dot, dot, dot and end. So if we take this out of his word, he even posted a follow up because people were showering him with like, Oh my gosh, we love you as Rocky. You kind of don't leave. And he's right. just like one final farewell. Thank you for all the years, 40 plus years playing this character. Mm-hmm. And he, kind of seems to still be latching onto that idea that yep. Creed 2 was his last time playing Rocky. Do we do we do you believe this? I yeah, I, I do believe it because last week we even kind of talked about mm-hmm. this in a lot of ways. Um at the end of your review or during spoiler talk, you emphasized really well and rightfully so that Rocky's like, "No, you go celebrate." You talk about how it was anticlimactic. Or where it was, it was a little, I think, less emotional than I wanted less it to emotional. be. Because I wanted Rocky to be relishing in the victory. Spoilers mm-hmm. for Creed 2 um, a little bit. Yeah, he wins. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> not always. It doesn't always go that way in fighting movies. <laughs> True. Which fighting movie do you have where the, at the very end they lose? Creed, Rocky? <laughs> uh, okay. Sequels, I that's guess, probably not, not. That's not what those movies... They win because they... Had the, but they didn't win the match. The, the, fear, the spirit of the fighter in yeah. them, and they literally say at the end of both those movies, I think he, uh, Apollo may have won the match, but Rocky <laughs> won the the fight or something yeah. like that, or whatever the case is. I'm just saying. But um, I'm off track. But uh, <laughs> he, as he as Rocky steps out of the ring and says, "No, nah, you get out there. You this is your moment," and we we get that last pull shot of him and sitting up to the side of the ring, putting his hat on, and just kind of like letting Adonis have his moment Mm -hmm. and then he goes and finds Robert yep and that that's it that's it and I think that there's not a better way to get rid of Balboa without I mean that's the best note for him to go out on yeah the next note for him to come in on I guess is his funeral which right which I think but I think you can skip over that too well, I don't know if you skip over Rocky's funeral. If he dies in universe, whatever. I mean, I think you kind of have to deal with that. You kind of just like have like a picture and be like, I miss Rocky. No. Now I'm going to play with my son or my daughter Amara. I mean, I guess it would depend on the circumstances surrounding why Rocky had to die in universe. Like 
if Stallone passes away, and they're like, all right, well, we'll also send off Rocky and then and like Creed Six if they're still making these by the time. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Stallone lives for the next like twenty, thirty years. Um, make him like two hundred. He's like sixty, or late sixties, early seventies, I think. Like he's he's fine. Um, but like, I would rather them do it this way, where he just like goes has a reunion with his son and like doesn't come back. Which as yep. much as that would pain me, because I, I that the. Rocky Adonis dynamic is one of the driving forces behind those first two Creed movies, why they're both so good. Mm-hmm. So to lose that for a third installment and beyond potentially um, doesn't necessarily worry me, but it's just like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to really miss that um, unless we get maybe an, an increased role from his trainer, um, which would be fine. Or like we get a new trainer that's added to the mix. And like we have the, uh, we have the Apollo Rocky relationship from that first um, franchise mm-hmm. we get something akin to that with you know adonis now on his journey um but like yeah it, it would be sad to see rocky go and I, even though i do think this is kind of the the most fitting way for him to end because i don't want to see him die even though that was like a lot of people thought oh he's he's gonna they're, they're gonna kill him in the second movie and that way they could kind of let the door just be open and let Creed do his own thing mm-hmm. and kind of get him out from the shadow and i think that's probably the smart move for a franchise perspective but as somebody who likes Stallone, who likes the Rocky character, who likes the relationship between Rocky and Adonis, I don't want to see it be the end, but I, I'm going to take Stallone at his word. Yeah, I, I too, but I think it's for the best. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, just there's there's nowhere else for that relationship to go. They they rightfully against. I mean, I thought it was a bad idea to go get Drago and bring him into this movie, but they they tied Stallone's character's arc as well as. Apollo's arc Mm -hmm. up in such a perfect way with these two movies and now Creed can be about Creed and not about the legacy of Rocky and Apollo I'm gonna throw out a crazy pitch all right because I think after um shoot what's the trainer's name in Rocky Mickey yep Mick Mm -hmm. um after he dies that's where Apollo and Rocky really become friends. They be help train each other. They go on their own journey. Yep. If Rocky's out of the picture, like I, I like Wood Harris as an actor, like he's fine. I like the trainer guy. But what if, like in the third movie, like he needs, you know, Adonis needs somebody else to help him train, and he picks up the phone and calls Victor, and like no. Victor, Victor becomes like his buddy. No, no, you're not buying it. Too cheesy. No. Just there's there's no seeds for that. Um, they they didn't like each other at all like in that movie but also they just they have no reason to be there the apollo rocky dynamic they don't like each other at first they don't like each other at first but by the end um of the first one they're kind of like oh mad respect man and then obviously in the second one um they, we, they get to that point mm-hmm. and it's like all right we're best friends now at this point we're, we're there yeah there's the, the respect there's the respect but they're also definitely going out for beers afterwards or mm-hmm. whatever the case is. And then obviously, you know, the secret fight and all that, you know, and then it's just kind of like their, their competitiveness is also a friendship. It's like, I, I hate you because it's like, yeah, I hate you because you're my best friend or whatever <laughs> the case is. Um, like, uh, the doctor, Dr. Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb is like, oh my gosh. yeah, I know it's a bad reference, okay. but he's like, he's like, Perry's his best friend. So that's why he does all my dreams of all those schemes is because like, if he doesn't, Perry's not going to come hang out with him. So that's kind of what they got going there. Okay. Uh, Victor and, uh, Adonis had, do not have, that. like I said, this just popped in my brain. I was like, I want to see more of Victor. I don't know if I necessarily mm-hmm. need a Drago Creed fight three. 
as much as it, it'd probably be cool to see it. But like, I'm just trying to figure out. I want to see more of him. That feels like the easiest way. He like Adonis doesn't have any friends that can like step up into this role. No, he doesn't. So, so they get to invent some and write some, and yeah. we get to meet some other cool That's new true. people. That's true. Um, and you know, let that work out this way. Brian Tyree Henry needs to show up. I feel like he. I get behind it. I feel it. like he's got a role here somewhere. They can get as a promoter. Just, just get Daniel or... Kaluuya, and it can be a Black Panther reunion, mm-hmm. and he's his new like friend. It's so man, Ryan Kroger's <laughs> worked with so many good people really already. Has. It's um, stupid. And just to wrap up this section, I would throw up one more pitch for like Creed four or five. I don't okay. know. It'd have to be at least seven years after whenever the first Creed comes out. So mm-hmm. like in the year twenty twenty two. Specifically seven years. At least. Okay. That's when the movie has to come out. So that way. It can be pretty Ricky Conley out of, out of prison, and we get the rematch because Creed still holds the belt. Right. Ricky wants it back because it's been taken away from him, and we get like we get the reunion in universe. Yeah. We can see them go go against each yeah. other. But dude, he would totally take down Conley. He hasn't had training for seven years. What's he been doing in prison? I don't know. Probably wasting away because he's like in any movie montage of people in prison. What do they do? Work out. That's all you do. Yeah, but that was prisons back in the eighties. But prisons now, are like we got your television and your MacBook here. Still, he's a fighter. He's so a trade. Like, iPad. Yeah. And like, and yeah, he's watching TV. And he sees Creed win all these fights. And he's just like, that should be mine. And <laughs> <laughs> that is a really great. Uh, what is the Westchester accent? <laughs> yeah. That was my best attempt. Um, but let's move on to ticker skip here. I won't do any more impressions. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, I thought it was okay. Okay. I, all right. It's not. It's not my Alec Guinness. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, but let's talk about uh, the two teasers that came from Disney this week um, and choose which one we're going to give a ticket to in Ticket or Skip It. We have our first teaser for Lion King, which dropped the day after we recorded. And then mm-hmm. we also got the first teaser trailer for Artemis Fowl earlier this week. Josh, do I even need to ask which no, one gets its ticket? I, you don't need to ask. It's I'm, Artemis Fowl. <laughs> of course. I mean, we're here to cry foul about Obviously. this trailer. I mean, it, in the our, best way our Twitter poll got 55% ticket. So people are liking it. I think it's a very self-selecting group, though. That's true. Um, it wasn't a huge vote. <laughs> precisely. Just because three Artemis Fowl book fans, you know, <laughs> happened to follow us. But no, I mean, we're talking about Lion King right now. I mean, even if there isn't a lot to talk about, and it's literally a shot-for-shot um, remake in some ways. A lot of ways. In a lot of ways. Of um, the iconic opening scene, or the fast stitching mm-hmm. together of it amazing like I'm, i am absolutely stunned at how great this looks and how far we've come from just the jungle book mm-hmm. which was like one of the first movies we reviewed on this show yeah and now we have come full circle of life here to this and it's astounding how far we've come yeah no i completely agree um I was watching, you know, football. There was there was whispers that the Lion King trailer was going to drop that day, so I was not leaving the TV. Oh, no, you knew it was dropping yeah, that day. You're, you tweeted was, like eight a.m. But the uh, there, there, I was just I was just hammock. you know there's just a random uh-huh. chilling gift that right. you find online. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I think that so I was not going to miss it, and I was just waiting and waiting all day for this to mm-hmm. drop. Dropped in the four o'clock game, um, and I was just like, everybody, shut up! Gotta watch this. <laughs> Here we go. And it was great. Yeah. Loved it. Definitely get my ticket to Lion King. Uh, visual effects look great. Yeah, maybe oh, one, I, don't, I don't know if I need more of the story because I think I know where the story is going. Precisely. Um, but it gave me the teases of all the, of many of the moments I wanted to see. I maybe wish I got to see some of the other characters 
Like yeah. we don't get to see Timon or Pumbaa. Um, we just get to see baby Simba, Rafiki, Mufasa, grown Simba. Yeah. And I think that's it. That's it. Um, but like maybe getting to see Scar or something like that would have been cool. But like, again, this is the teaser trailer where this movie doesn't come out until next summer. So we've got plenty of time mm-hmm. uh, to get more info on this movie. And yeah, visual effects look great. The, th- the thing I'm not worried about, but I'm curious about is what is it going to be like to look at that little lion cub whose expressions are amazing when he's being held up to look over the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like you can see like a, there's like a, like a, what the heck is going on, but also like some like dread in there as well. It's really cool. But what is it going to be like to hear Donald Glover's voice come out of the pup version or the, oh, it's the not cub. him. Oh, he's not doing the cub version. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's a different actor who's doing the, the young Simba. Okay. Um, he was actually the one that kind of confirmed beforehand that the trailer was coming. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his name, but I'm okay. looking it up feverishly right now. All right. Well, never mind then. I was totally, I did not even know about this. All right. All good. All right. So, yeah. The Ticket. guy's name is J.D. Mc, McCrary. J.D. Mm-hmm. McCrary. Awesome. Yeah. He did a surprise performance with Donald Glover. At like a concert or some performance. No way. He's like he's like got like he's like you can sing and everything. So oh perfect because yeah, makes you sense. Have to sing. Have just to. can't wait. Got it. Yeah. Oh, and they're probably like he's probably like matching Donald Donald Glover's. You know, I don't know. They're probably gonna have to like get some kind of cadence together things yeah. like that to play the same character. Mm-hmm. This is really cool. Very sweet. Yes. So uh, yeah, I mean, uh, as far as Arms Foul goes, who's voicing Young Nala? That I do not know. You just let it be Beyonce the whole time. Yeah, oh, it's Blue it. Ivy. You get Blue Ivy to <laughs> she, voice could young. Could she even speak? I don't know. I would imagine so. She's probably like six years old. Is she really? I, I feel no like idea. I feel like she was just born. You know, I remember that day so vividly. <laughs> uh, yes, should, as we all should. It is of Shahidi Wright Joseph. Okay. I don't know who she is. I should have got Blue. She's Ivy. in Us actually. So Jordan oh. Peele. Um, but let's. Uh, yeah, Artemis Fowl. Don't know what this movie is. But. I don't know how anybody's going to buy a ticket to this based on that teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it is. Yep. Um, probably not going to be that big of a hit for Disney. I mean, their 2019 lineup is stacked, but this one probably is not going to contribute very heavily to their box office totals. It is streaming plus fodder. That's for sure. I, I would agree. I wouldn't be I mean, I don't think it'll end up there <laughs> um, like in its launch, but yeah, I mean, if like maybe they, if there's something where like, oh, Armist Fowl no longer has its release date, it's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely he's going to Disney Plus. Uh, but let's move to the flyby here to wrap up this episode. Uh, Clatter reported a bunch of casting news for the Kingsman prequel, Kingsman The Great Game. Um, that being Daniel Brule and Charles Dance have joined the cast officially. Uh, but they also mentioned that Rice Ephens is in talks to join the movie as well as Matthew Good being eyed for another spot. They join Harris Dickinson and, and Ralph Fiennes as the current cast members for the film. Josh, we've got Captain America's Civil War, Game of Thrones, Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man, Watchmen, uh, actors in here potentially. Does this sound like a good cast to you? This sounds like a really good cast to me. You can't go wrong casting Daniel Bruhl, um in anything. He's just solid as your stereotypical Russian German whatever you need he's gonna bring it home to you that's a hundred percent what they're casting him for here um it's be set in the 80s uh 70s 60s. No, I think it's I think it's even far I think it's like 20s or 30s oh snap so yeah he's definitely playing a German from World War one like hands down but um I have no idea, but I'm just guessing. He's, he's stereotype cast all the time. Yeah, um, but this is great. Charles Dance, of course, 
yeah, you and then if uh, these other two work out, um, the Kingsman prequel three is in great shape. It's the prequel. It's not three. Got it. Kingsman prequel is in great shape. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I like all these guys. Uh, Rice Ethans looks to be the villain potentially of the movie, taking that role that we talked about before that Brad Pitt was being looked at potentially. So um, looks like Brad is not going to be joining this. It'll be Rice Ethans instead um, going back into a large villain role after doing the same thing for the Amazing Spider-Man movie. Um, and even Harry Potter vet, like he's, he's done a lot of things. And yeah, big fan of Daniel Brule. Charles Dance is great. And uh, Matthew Good sounds good to me. Um, so we also got word again from Collider that Tom Hanks is in early discussions to play Geppetto in Disney's live-action Pinocchio, which is set to be directed by Paddington 2's Paul King. The movie does not have a release date currently, um, but is aiming to start production next year. Is this perfect casting or not? This is perfect casting and pairing and subject matter and everything. Tom Hanks, I do believe, is a puppet carver in his spare time, a kindly old person who just... <laughs> shapes puppets I, I don't i don't actually know that but i imagine that's his persona that is his persona mm-hmm. in like so many ways and pairing him with one of the more most delightful the a director who's churned out some of the most delightful movies in the last five years ten years six mm-hmm. years six years um paul king is fantastic and whatever the those two cook up um, in front of and behind the camera, I think is going to be awesome if they can nail this. Yeah, I mean, yes, this is in. They're in very early discussions. It mainly looks like what this Disney want to pay his very large salary or not mm-hmm. at this point, um, and then trying to figure. I think some uh, scheduling things as well, depending on whether or not Hanks will do this. But yeah, if it happens, great news, great start for Pinocchio. Jacob Tremblay will probably be cast as Pinocchio. Oh. I just feel like that makes a lot of sense. Um, and if this is this is going to be a bold prediction for Pinocchio, mm-hmm. if Tom Hanks does play Geppetto. There will be an Easter egg of a Woody uh, puppet in the background. Did they do that in other Tom Hanks stuff? I don't know, oh, but like okay. it's it's Disney. There's the connection. Yeah, like, it's he's a toy. There will definitely he's, he's be a, a cowboy. He's a, he's a toy. He's a toy maker. It just makes too much sense. I love it. Um, but we also have some exciting news about Toy Story Four. Actually, Tim Allen revealed an interview with Jimmy Fallon that Keanu Reeves, John Wick himself has joined apparently toy story four we don't know what his role is other than he, like tim allen was saying he's kind of like buzz lightyear in a little bit of ways mm-hmm. um but other than that we don't know what his role will be and we'll have to kind of wait till june 21st 2019 when the movie hits theaters this movie has now gave us surprise editions of key and peel and reeves this is great news i yep. can't if they've got those three under wraps uh i bet there's even more that we don't know about that are going to be like just as surprising and fun yeah. and cool as keanu reeves keanu reeves is the villain then yeah, I could see that. They're totally taking his John Wick persona, adapting it to a toy who's been like beat up, has an eye patch and broken, like something that Sid used to like torment <laughs> or experiment with, and he's like abandoned that carnival. What if Toy Story Four takes place like thirty <clears throat> years in the future, oh and Keanu Reeves plays a grown-up Sid? Oh, that would be really dark. But I would love it too. He, he would totally fit it. I don't know how that, that doesn't make any sense, but. <laughs> I can see it. I'm on board. Let's right. go. I'm um, just so happy he's there. Yeah. And Variety reported this week that Zoe Dutch, uh, who I'm a big Ooh. fan of, joined the cast of Sony's Zombieland 2. She is the first new cast member to join alongside Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, Woody Harrelson, and Abigail Breslin. Uh, the movie is directed by Ruben Fleischer and hits theaters October 11th, 2019. Josh, you liked to set it up mm. on Netflix mm. earlier this year. I think I liked it maybe a little more than you did. Yep. Um, but Zoe Dutch is great. Yes. I'm a huge fan of hers. I like this. Hope she has a large-ish role and not just a throwaway support. But either way, the more Zoe Dutch, the better. 
They've been shooting. Have they been shooting yet? Are they, they have shooting? not. They start filming early next year. It's the first casting update that we've got, and she's fresh off of some great roles, and she's been lining up awesome projects, and this seems to be like another one. So I would imagine that, yeah, it's pretty substantial, a new character. Um, I'd love to see her like be a villain, though. Because we have okay. we we've not seen her like be dark. She's just like the energy and the sunshine in all the films that I've ever seen her in. Don't you need that in a zombie apocalypse? I mean, Emma Stone I think already has the kind of the 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 tough chick on lockdown for Zombieland. Yeah, oh, well, kind of, but we don't know where the development taken. I mean, True, yeah, it has been it has been when, ten years. Um, her, what was her what's her character's name? Maine. Arkansas, Kansas, no. Little Rock. Little Rock Little is Rock. her sister. Uh, yeah. Um, Jesse Eisenberg is Columbus. Yep. Tennessee or Tallahassee. And shoot, this is awful. Um, Texas. No, it's some it's not city. Texas. But whatever the case is, um, I hope they kick up. They keep those city name. Oh yeah. Monikers. But um, no, because they tell us her name at the end of it. Wichita. Wichita. There you go. Um, but either way. We'll see how that goes. But I think like her being like someone like gritty and like sinister would be mm-hmm. like a fun switch. Yeah, I, I, that'd, that'd totally be fine with me. Um, and speaking of uh, people we are a big fan of, and apparently a friend of the show, Isa Gonzalez, uh, Variety reported this week that she has joined the cast of Hobbs and Shaw. Did you know she retweeted our post about her joining this movie? I did not. And it gained a lot of traction. So officially, Isa Gonzalez is a friend of Friends of Film, just like uh, Millie Bob Brown is as well. So I deleted Twitter off my phone, oh. so I have not even looked at our... Well, there, well you're missing all... <laughs> We're just becoming so famous. You don't even know it. Um, but Isa joins Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham, Idris Elba, and Vanessa Kirby as cast members for this movie that is directed by David Lynch. and Or David Lynch. <laughs> Jeez, David Lynch would be a very different Hobson Shaw movie. Oh, man. Um, I would see that which, movie in a heartbeat. <laughs> the David Leach version that will star Isa Gonzalez comes out August 2nd, 2019. Um, big fan of her. She just picked Godzilla King of Kong. Or mm-hmm. she's Godzilla vs. Kong. Yes. Um, a bunch of, as well as a bunch of other projects as well. So, uh I'm a big fan of Isa. She's really impressed me in Baby Driver, and I'm glad to see her get this role. Apparently, it was a last-minute addition because the execs loved her so much that they were like, we have to figure out how to get her involved. We have to figure out her scheduling with Godzilla vs. Kong. Make sure this can happen. So hopefully that translates to a significant part. Yeah, absolutely, because she's just terrific, and mm-hmm. she's about to like blow up. Yeah. She's been cast in like everything, Yeah, possibly West Side Story. So, we'll, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, she's got... Welcome to Marwin at the end of this year. Right. Then she's in Alita early mm-hmm. next year. Then she's got, yeah, West Side Story, uh, Bloodshot with Vin Diesel. Um, this, potent, this, the potential West Side Story remake. I mean, yeah, she is, like you said, blowing up. Um, and THR also revealed this week that Paramount and Netflix are discussing a sequel to Netflix's hit rom-com of the year to all the boys I've loved before. Um, I was not really interested in seeing this movie. Then you saw it. Yes. As well as a lot of people on film Twitter. Mm-hmm. Everybody's raving about it. Right. So you're excited about this? Yeah, absolutely. You've seen it though, right? I have seen it. Okay, yes. yeah. What were your feelings about it? You noticeably did not share them. Oh, I, I, I loved it. It's so charming. Okay. How yeah. can you not like this movie? I wasn't sure if you said the so on the pod or not. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I did. I just like I thought, yeah, okay, I do remember this now because like you, you skipped over it there for a second. I was like, are you trying to dance over it? They didn't like this movie or what the <laughs> no, case is no, here? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I just know you saw it first. I wanted to give you first crack. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, wasn't my idea though, but to put it on there. But yes, it's. I am happy to see more of this, and I will like undoubtedly pop it on opening night and. Return right, yeah. I mean, Lena Condor 
and uh, Noah Centineo. They better not have to be like be broken up. You know, I'm sure it's going to happen, but I will not buy anybody else coming in and uh, stealing her away. I'm just not going to. Ha- it's not going to happen. Yeah. What What's the story though? That's the only thing. But that's why they. That's have up for yeah the writers to figure <laughs> out. Um, and I really hope that I don't think there's any word about it right now because this is such in the early stages. But I really hope Susan Johnson returned to direct because I thought she did a really great job with that first movie. Um, and then we're going to end the episode uh, maybe uh, with. A West Side Story update, um, speaking of Isa Gonzalez's roles, Deadline revealed that the role she's going to take is that of Maria, but that role was originally played by Rita Moreno, and she has now come on to the Steven Spielberg remake in a brand new role. Um, She'll play a new and larger version of the role um, of Doc. It's going to be a different character name, but the owner of the store that a lot of the events of West Side Story takes place in. So um, Mm. it's a very cool. She's also going to be an advisor on the project as well. So she's going to be heavily involved with Spielberg on this project. It's cool news. It is very cool news. It's the coolest news that we have gotten all week. Wait, it's cooler than Spider-Verse. Well, okay. Um, I just read some bad news inadvertently off of my oh. Twitter feed. Um, and so I, I think I jumped the gun there on that. Um, it's the best news you needed right now. It's the best news I needed right now. And I, I mean, I knew it was coming, um, but I just, uh, so anyway, yes, you can't have, I, you can't have West Side Story without Maria and in bringing her back, even if not in that original role in the, um, the, the, the store owner, like, I'm here to mentor these kids and keep them off the streets type of an attitude or role, um, if that's what it is, or even seeing her work with Isa, because um, I feel like that's going to be the dynamic, maybe a little, depending mm-hmm. on how well it's rewritten and reworked and whatever Spielberg's got up his sleeves. Uh, so, yeah, no, this is great. It's the best. I want to watch. I, I, I want to watch my side story this weekend. I, Are you going to? I think so. I probably okay. will, or at least have it playing while I do something else. All right, we'll end the episode. I lied before. We'll end it with two video game movie updates. Gotcha. Both of them, which got new writers, variety report this week that Black Panther co-writer Joe Robert Cole has been hired to write a script for the Call of Duty movie sequel, even though we don't even have the first movie out yet, which is being directed by Stefano Salima. Um, it's set to start production next year, so we are getting a sequel apparently already in development for that movie. And then The Wrap reported that F. Scott Frazier is set to take over scripting duties on Gears of War's movie script after Avatar 2's Shane Salerno was previously reported like last year um, to be attached to write it. So Frazier most recently did the uh, third installment of the XXX trilogy for uh, Vin Diesel. Uh, but that movie does not have a director or cast or a release date or anything. So um, two video game projects trying to get off the ground. Nice. Uh, cool. Video game. Rated M video game movies are hard to adapt. They're doing their best. Um, but, you know, it's not the ones I'm excited about. I want to hear casting news. Yeah. Or anything like that. Because, I mean, when you attach Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Chastain to a movie and then just do nothing to move <laughs> the ball for two and a half years on it. That's... Doesn't that movie have David... Isn't David Leach supposed to direct yeah, that too? Yeah, like, supposed to direct that too. It's got such a good package. I know. And Ugh. nothing. Nothing. It's really I don't know if they have like a Trojan horse for something else in the script and that's why people... I have no idea. Literally Oscar winners galore all over that. Yep. Well, um, unfortunately, Jake is not. Oh, he... Remove himself from the project? No, he's not an Oscar winner. Oh. As shocking as that is, he should be. He won for Stronger. No. Didn't even get nominated for Stronger. He didn't get nominated for Nightcrawler, the best performance of his freaking career. I I guess Mysterio is the role that's going to win him over. (laughs) It's got to be. Either. Yeah. 
anyway, I mean, I'll I'll like these. I'll talk about Call of Duty or Gears of War when they have, you know, there's some serious movement right. on them, or when I see the first Call of Duty movie, which I guess they're committing themselves to running these things. I into guess the, so. In and the future, Jake was nominated for Brokeback Mountain. So, oh, of course, okay. he does have a nomination, but it's still crazy he doesn't have a win. Um, but maybe that'll happen. Next year, we, there was a picture for Velvet Buzzsaw, his new movie with Dan Gilroy. It's hitting Netflix mm. in February. Very excited about that. Um, and hopefully, maybe that'll get him in the race somehow. Um, but that is all we have for this episode. We'll be reviewing Velvet Buzzsaw next week because it doesn't come out forever. Um, and next week, I don't know exactly what we're going to review anyways. I think it's going to be like Mary Queen of Scots or Ben is Back or some other Oscar ben movie that goes. Back. Ben is Back. Yeah. Another Lucas Hedges movie. Another one where he's a tormented teen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all he does. I haven't even seen a trailer for that yet. I need to get on that. It's it's, it's, uh, him and uh, Julia Roberts. What's the story? What did he do? uh, He is like a, I believe he's a drug addict or something like that. And then he he leaves his family to go do his own thing. Yeah. Keeps like, you know. um, Beautiful boy. Kind of. But but he's already gone. Gotcha. Yeah. So he's come back and like. He's come back and he's like, no, no, I'm better. And like the family are like. Julia Roberts accepts him back, and then everybody else is like, "No, you shouldn't do this." He's just playing us, and, and then, then money starts coming up, missing the pills. Yeah, the probably, cabinet, probably. And then it's like, "Did you do it? I didn't. I do didn't it. do it. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> you can't handle the drugs." Um, but yeah, so we'll probably do something like that. It's very week. serious. Hope you enjoy it. Is it is yes. Um, but yeah, and as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be back with a big question episode as well, discussing all of the movies DC has in development and which ones we want to see be made. But that is it for this episode. But if you liked it, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, our iTunes and give us a five-star review with comments. Tell us why you enjoy listening to these shows that we put on, um, so that way other people can see those reviews. But hey. You like it, maybe I'll like it too, and they'll listen, and they'll become friends, and you guys can become friends, and we'll all be just big, happy internet friends together. And that's what we're after. That is. We literally titled our show after it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the but, hope. <laughs> but uh, in addition to our review, the reviews you could leave us online, be sure to tell us your thoughts and everything covered by tweeting us at Friends of Film. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper and Coops underscore Hoops. And you can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. And thanks again for tuning in to the Friends for Podcast, Josh. Thanks for stopping in, everyone. And be sure to turn next week for our future episodes.